Mountain View 911. What is the address of the emergency? Hi, Mountain View. Welcome to the Silicon Valley Beat. I am Saul Jager, and that's and I, Katie. Hi. <laughs> I just want everybody to know that Saul is drinking water that's been filtered with coffee. So <laughs> right at is, the beginning, it's the throw. That down. is the drama that is happening right now is how mm. gross that is. You know, in my defense, uh, it's a cup, and I filled it with water, and it's got mm. a little bit of coffee left in it, and it's awesome. Blah. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> welcome to the next edition of the Silicon Valley Beat, where uh, we are very fortunate to have an awesome guest with us today. Mm -hmm. um, everybody, please give a round of applause for Courtney, who is a star dispatcher with us. Yay! You can say hi now. Hi, hi. hello. <laughs> so, Courtney, uh, you're going to be joining us today um, in honor of actually Dispatcher Appreciation Week to kind of go over what it is you all do and what it's like for you and why you became a dispatcher and all that. Um, but I think first, before we start that, why don't we do a little bit of quick hit trivia? And Courtney actually has it for us today. I was uh, curious, what? Uh, how long have we had our own dispatch center? And you actually found that out for us. I did. We have had our own dispatch center here in Mountain View since about 2002. Prior to that, we dispatched for the fire department only. Uh, and in 2002, we switched over to, um, I don't know what the right word is, being under this general supervision of the police department. Uh, but that didn't mean that we stopped the fire services. You we guys just do both now. We do both now. Yeah, I think we became a combined um, fire dispatch and also the Mid-Peninsula Rangers. Yes, we do also dispatch for Mid-Peninsula Rangers. Um, we also take medical calls and we contact the Santa Clara County Communications, who dispatches our ambulance, um, but we we do all of them, everything. <laughs> you know what? Bef before we go any further, you gotta you gotta do the thing, like when somebody calls and it rings, because that's the voice that people hear. Okay, right? it is. So we do like a let's do an emergency one, and then let's do a non-emergency one, or is it answered the same way? Uh, no, they're not. Well, they're different. They're different. They're different so. depending on the line. Okay, 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 okay. Here we so, go. We're putting Courtney on. This oh is, gosh, this is not ring, in the. Ring, this is not ring, in the ring. script. Hang on, hang on. Let me set this. <laughs> let me set the scene. This is not in the script because this week the script is in Katie's head. Apparently, it is the safest place it will ever be. <laughs> True. Um, so this is the uh, example of a nine one one call, an emergency call. Let's say, um, yeah. Well, let's just see what happens. Okay, let me make the noise. Okay. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Mountain View 911, what is the address of your emergency? Oh, see, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so in that then, actually, that's a good, this is a good time. What are the questions that you usually ask? They mount, you know, 911, what is the address of your emergency? Why do we ask that right off? The most important thing for me to know as a dispatcher is where you are. If I don't have your location, I cannot send help to exactly where you are. We can send officers to a general location of if it's a cell phone call where your cell phone has pinged off of which tower, but that doesn't give us an exact location as to where you are. If you're inside, we may have to go and search multiple buildings before we're able to actually find where you are. That's yeah. fascinating. I think people assume that it's just a given and it's not. Yeah, that we know mm -hmm. exactly. So what's next? So she's... Katie called you with a really terrible ringtone. I'm having an emergency with Saul's water. Yeah. And then she says something like, hey, I, I've just been involved in a uh, collision and I don't know what to do. So what's next? 
as long as I have an address or a location, then I would move on to what is the phone number that you're calling from. That's in case the phone call gets disconnected so that I can call you back. Yeah. Uh, if I don't have a phone number for you or the phone number that shows up on my screen isn't accurate for whatever reason, I need to make sure that I can get mm-hmm. in touch with you if something goes wrong with the phone connection. Her phone is buzzing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> She's oh so goodness. popular. <laughs> I'm going to um, sit on it now. <laughs> the, other, the other thing I, I want to point out too, though, which, uh, which I found fascinating and I, I think a lot Your of people – I think a lot of people don't. <laughs> everyone's a critic today. Um including me, apparently. Anyway, a lot of people don't know is that while they're talking to you, we're actually already sending emergency units there sometimes. So because yes. I've, I've heard a lot of people getting frustrated with like, just send the cops now. No, no, no. You know, mm-hmm. and we're trying to get the essential information that we need prior to sending. But it's actually happening as we're going. So the officers and the firefighters, paramedics are rolling to wherever you are. We're just trying to gather more details while we're because you're sending that yes. while they're going there, right? They're getting alerts on their screens of more details so that they're more informed when they get there, right? Yes. Yes. As we're talking on the phone, I'm I'm typing and talking, and I'm updating the responders who are going. Uh, a, a, a medical call is a great example of that. As soon as I get the basics, I get the address, the phone number, and the general um, idea of what's going on, if it's a fall, if it's a heart attack, if it's somebody who is unconscious, I get the general gist of what's going on, and then I enter the call. As soon as that call gets entered, it gets dispatched. That means that the fire station who is going to be going to that call is notified that they have a call that they need to get in their rig and they need to start driving. And then as as I'm continuing to ask questions about the medical situation, the fire department gets updated of those responses so that they know how to best respond and what kind of equipment they may need in order to help the best that they can. So you guys are like the ultimate multitaskers. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> and it, so it's very clearly not anybody can just be a dispatcher. You have to have a very special set of skills. You're like, I have a special set of skills. <laughs> but- <laughs> it is. Seriously. They- it's pretty amazing because the other it's a lot of teamwork too because there's there's not just one dispatcher right. sitting in a room, you know, by themselves. So, you know, when Courtney's taking this medical call, um if the and she, let's just say she's dispatching primarily for fire, um somebody took the 911 call coming in potentially, right? She may not have. Uh, but the police side of the world may be listening as well and may, you know, fire might be requesting a police presence there too or to help um, shut the road down or block off intersections or depending on the the incident itself. So there's a lot of like um, inner uh, unsaid interaction going on in there that's it's really fascinating to watch. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other part of the multitasking for us is, you know, we may have a couple of we may have two dispatchers in the room at a time, but one dispatcher is devoted to patrol and maintaining the patrol channel, which can be very, very busy, um, depending on the time of the day, what's going on. There's a lot of different factors that add into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as that said medical call that we've been talking about, if there's only two people in the room, the fire dispatcher is also answering all of the phone calls that come in. So as the fire dispatcher, I'd be taking the phone call, I'd be entering the call, I'd be dispatching the call, talking to the fire department, getting the ambulance, making sure that the patient is conscious, breathing. If they're not breathing, not conscious, I would initiate CPR. I would tell you over the phone how to do CPR so that we can try and help that person to the best of our ability. 
Yeah, it's amazing. It's 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 like spinning plates. It's right. awesome. <laughs> so it's a big hap- juggling act, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's amazing. So what happens when it's you get a call but it's not an emergency? What are Oh, let's do it. Oh. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So do your terrible ringtone again. <laughs> bring 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 bring. I think that's a great ringtone. Oh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Mountain View police and fire. I just somebody broke into my car. Where did this happen? I don't know where I am. <laughs> I'm going to be your worst one. What street are you on? Yeah. Okay. So non-emergency call. What are we looking for? Same general things. I always want a location because it could be a non-emergency right now. If it turns into a, an emergency 30 seconds, one minute later, and the call gets disconnected, mm-hmm. uh, I want to be able to send you help just as quickly as possible. So I still am going to get that address as soon as I pick up the phone. Oh, that reminds me. That's actually a good point because sometimes you calling it, like we always talk to the community about if you see something, say something, right? If something mm-hmm. looks weird or uh, raises the hair on your neck a little bit and you get that feeling, you're probably right. So at least call in and let us know because mm-hmm. you never know if that incident is attached to potentially something else. And so if we get uh, multiple 911 calls about an incident, sometimes that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's overwhelming and we may say, thank you, that's already been reported and we're good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but other times it may lead officers to where it's actually happening now. Like for instance, in the um, using like a um, car break-ins, right? So mm-hmm. it, if one is happening and then um, another one is happening right after that, and there, there's maybe a crew is breaking into multiple vehicles, mm-hmm. um, and we we can send officers to the next one quickly if we know what's happening. So yeah, yep. good stuff. Yeah. So. Talking about calls and how it can be overwhelming and stuff, why don't we go into the spilling the tea section a little bit or uh, uh, a little behind-the-scenes peek at how many calls you guys actually get in a day. Um, I was fascinated to learn that on average you guys answer about 53 calls a day, which in your shift and if depending on what's going on, that's a lot of time to talk with people and, you know, saving people's lives and making sure they're okay or getting people the help they need for a crime that's been in progress. What is that like? Um, like how, you know, how busy does it get? And what is that like having to juggle that with two or three people in the dispatch center? It gets interesting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, there's, yeah, it's an average of 53 calls a day. That's not to say that um, you know, it's it's spread out evenly because it's not. Uh, there could be an, an hour, two hours where we get one call. And then there could be 30 minutes where we get 15, 20 calls. Um, and it just, you never know what's going to happen. You never know when the phones are going to start ringing, if there's going to be an accident, if there's an assault. You know, you never know what's going to come through on the other side of that phone call. Um, but if I was I was fascinated to learn that it's 53 calls a day on average because we it's just you never know I mean it, it depends on the day it depends on the time of year it depends there's so many different factors that lead to that um so it's people ask me that question all the time and I always say I don't know yeah. it seems <laughs> it like depends a lot. Well, now you the, do and knowing yeah. half the battle Joe. <laughs> um you know the other part uh too with that is that that's just calls coming in from the public yes so that doesn't take into account the officers that are making car stops that are asking for uh, inquiries on things or phone calls from people, uh, other officers or city employees, because mm-hmm. we get calls from all different city departments all mm-hmm. the time. We do. Um, not that we're the general operator for the department, but if they're not sure who to call, 
they, I get the phone call. They call dispatch, <laughs> right? And it could be public works and like even after hours um, mm-hmm. for, for water emergency issues or uh, power lines or if somebody's not sure what to do, our dispatch center, because it is 24-7, handles the calls for those departments. So it's 57 calls for service from the public, but it is 53 I can't. I was like, a, I'm like a, <laughs> <The math. laughs> like a goldfish memory. <laughs> Hi, Courtney. How are you? No. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, but it's fascinating to, to sit down there and, and even if you spend just a few minutes down there, uh, it can go from calm and serene to right. chaotic combat zone in a, like a blink of an eye. Here's a bananas stat from our annual report for 2017. I don't think we have 2018 yet, but total calls for service in 2017. 38,256. Yeah, we're busy. So look how busy you guys are, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's just ridiculous. And I mean, more power to you guys for being able to do these. You guys do 12 hour shifts. We do. So, yep. That's uh, sometimes a little more. And, and sometimes more. <laughs> and sometimes more. But seriously, like, n- you guys are the first first responders. So taking 38 and some change thousand calls to help dispatch to help people in our city or on you know the freeway or whatever that's a that's a pretty big deal and that's a it's a lot of people you talk to with all sorts of different issues yeah yep thank you for what you do yeah so why don't we kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and get to know Courtney a little bit more how's that sound yeah you don't have a choice (laughs) I was gonna ask but (laughs) now that you're here so let's let's get to know Courtney a little bit yeah so Courtney yes why did you want to become a dispatcher? Uh, oh, softball. That's a softball question. <laughs> um, Just my, my family has always been involved in law enforcement. Uh, my uncle was a chief of police. Uh, my brother is a police officer. Um, and growing up, I would always go visit my uncle and just be running around the police department where he worked. <laughs> and, um, you know, he had, his officers would take me on ride-alongs and – um, you know, it was so much fun and I had such a great time. Um, and at the same time, it was very eye opening to, you know, what was really going on. Uh, it's, you know, not something that everyone thinks about on a daily basis as to what kinds of things are actually going on out there. Um, and I saw those things and instead of running the opposite direction, which I think anyone in their right mind would do. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Why are we here? um, Um, I had a conversation with my uncle and I said, I want to help. I want to do something. I don't think I can be on the front lines. I don't think that's who I am, but I want to help. I want to be behind the scenes and I, I, you know, I want to do my part. And he said, I, I get that, you know, he was a, he was a police officer. He was a beat cop and, you know, rose through the ranks. And so one day he stuck me in dispatch and said, okay, figure it out. If you like it, then we'll figure it out. And I sat down and I was in there for, I think four hours and it just, I blinked and it was over. And I said, I, it's time to go. He was like, yeah, it's after midnight. You got to go home now. (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, that's that's when I knew. I was like, yep, okay, I want to do this. This is how I can help people, and this is how I can make a difference. That's awesome. I, I had no idea. I'm, like, tearing up. That was great. <laughs> that was a good answer. I'm, like, kind of just shocked. <laughs> just like, oh. Yeah, yeah that's touching. <laughs> These right? are the kind of people we have working in Mountain yeah. View. Like, look how passionate they are, and Courtney's here, you know, saving your life the minute you call. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's Thank awesome. you. 
What, um, so you actually started your comm career not here, I right? did. Can you talk about that a little bit without maybe necessarily mentioning the, uh, <laughs> the other side? <laughs> and maybe segueing it into why did you come to Mountain View? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for you're saving welcome. me, Katie. She's like my 911. It's water you're drinking that's messing it up. <laughs> um, I worked as a dispatcher in a communications center prior to Mountain View for four years. Um, it uh, was fantastic experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, you know, it helped shape who I am and it gave me the foundation and the basic knowledge that I needed in order to come to a city like Mountain View where there is less staffing. There are less dispatchers in the comm center. Um, but that also, I feel like, gives more opportunity for me to make that much more of a difference. Um I came and did a sit-along with Mountain View when I was deciding if I wanted to come over. And the people here, it, that's the huge thing for me. The environment, the people that we get to work with, um, all of the officers, the firefighters, everybody is so welcoming and so understanding. And it's just a, it's an environment that I'm excited to come to work. I. I like being here. I, I like doing my job. I like helping people. And that is the whole environment that Mountain View offers. So. Yeah. And yeah, I think you have a pretty awesome person running the unit, right? Yeah. What's your Very name? Very awesome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I try to pat myself on the back a little bit. Just a little oh, bit. Saul runs our dispatching wow. center. So, uh, Lieutenant Jager, thank you for your services. You're well. welcome. I'm, yes. Thank you so you much. Definitely. They keep <laughs> yeah. telling me that, that I should answer the phones and stuff. And I keep telling them, you, no, def- you, no. you definitely don't want me. <laughs> oh, come on. That. We can get a headset yeah. for you. Yeah. Oh, you could totally tech. I could technically probably do it, but it, it would be terrible. Come on, practice and then your phone. I can't. I, one finger typing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. No, I, you, all you have to say is again? Mountain View Police and Fire. You can do it. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. I, <laughs> I can't. He should have watched him try to record a voiceover. <laughs> I mean, we were both messing up. But I, I certainly cannot <laughs> do. New York. Yeah, I can't do. Not everybody can do what you guys are doing. It's You can say it and you think like, oh, okay, how hard is it? You press the button, you answer the phone. I mean, come on. Um, it is not that at all. Um, so Actually, that's a great point to bring up. I was talking with Courtney and just kind of letting her know kind of what we were going to be talking about. What is the hardest part of being a dispatcher? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's one thing that makes it hard. I think it is everything together that on a bad day, it's really bad. And it's I've worked days where I I get in the car and I I need a couple of minutes before I can drive myself home because of what I've heard on the phone, on the radio, what have you. Um, our job is to remain calm, and I'm I can do that. I'm good at that in the moment, and then I need to take a breather and take a second and think about you know what happened, and and I have to kind of come to terms with what happened. Mm. I'm not out there and I'm I'm not seeing it. I'm not uh, a part of it. I'm safe in my in the comm center. I know that. <laughs> I'm well aware of that. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that we hear everything. We hear what you're saying. We hear what's going on behind you. We hear what the officers are saying on the radio. Um, and that's 
on certain days, that's not easy. Um, and I think, I, again, it's it's not one thing. It's just it's sometimes everything comes together and just makes a bad day terrible. Um, and I think that's the hard part for me. You also don't get to really hear necessarily a resolution to a situation, which I Correct. think can be tough. That's a lot of like lingering what if. Yeah. Um, and that's hard to deal with, too. Just there's no closure that we see a lot of times. Um, I will say for Mountain View, um, we get closure because the officers come in and they, they tell us, they update us. We ask them questions and we're able to not necessarily see the closure and see a resolution, but we're able to piece it together more and and get an idea of what happened. Good. Yeah. And a lot of, it's interesting that you bring that up. That's a good topic because um, there's a lot of that happening, uh, especially because of the way Mountain View is pretty tight as a family. The dispatchers get connected with the officers that they're working with, and they, they're part of the same team. And it's really hard when, you know, you hear an officer calling for help uh, or in pursuit or something critical is happening, and you kind of are stuck. Like, you can't do anything because you have to stay, and, you know, it's a, it's a hard position to be in. And so the officers... Um, definitely take the time to like come back down or to kind of provide some closure because the officers go through, you know, we're, we're all human, right? We all have those same feelings. Like in the moment you're working on training and adrenaline and you're pushing through whatever problem is presented to you. Um, but when that reality hits, you shed the uniform or you walk out the door and you, you know, you kind of leave that all behind. Uh, in that moment when you shut the door in your car and you're like done, um, that can be sobering. Right. And so Absolutely. it's yeah. really important. And, and also, you know, another if we could pat Mountain View on the back a little bit, um, we do get critical incidents and everybody is involved in those. And oftentimes uh, in other places, I've, I've learned that the dispatch center is often forgotten. The, the calm that the people that are down handling the initial call, like the first first responders, really, um, they don't get invited to, to critical incident stress debriefs or the mental health stuff and wellness programs and things uh, that we are like requiring officers to go through. Um, and we've in Mountain View, uh, have, you guys are part of that. We inv- in fact, fire is even part of that. We bring everybody that was a responder in to, to work through a, uh, a child death or a terrible collision or something that happens to an officer, something that could be potentially traumatic. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that I've seen that. Um, and it's very much appreciated uh, to be included in those things that gives us even more closure um, it helps us, it helps to, for me at least, it helps me to reinforce what I'm doing and I am making a difference. And even on those calls that are terrible and horrific, and I don't ever want to take a phone call like that again, or work an incident like that again, being able to talk about it and finding the, getting the closure that those debriefs offer that's what brings me back, and that's what keeps me going. And there was something that you brought up, too, and I don't know if everybody listening is not readily apparent, is that how calm you are and how that's a personality trait, I think, that a lot of dispatchers are required to have, and good luck finding people who can be calm in the most stressful situations when you can't see what's going on. All you can do is hear it. And um, I I know that I personally would never be able to be a dispatcher because I just don't have the personality for it. But there are people like Courtney who, (laughs) you know, you're sitting there and you're having to maintain a a very um, specific type of demeanor in order to get all of that necessary information to help the people in the best possible way that you can prior to people actually getting on scene. Um, 
that takes a lot. And I just, I'm kind of curious, like how that, you know, how that works out on your end. Have, have you had to train yourself to be that way? Or is that something that, you know, when you sat in on dispatch for the first time where you saw that happening, like, oh, I am this way. So therefore I, I know I can do it. Part of it. I, I knew I had that ability to remain calm. Um, I, prior to dispatching, I was a, a coached ice skating actually. Um, really? <laughs> I did. What? Oh my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I coached ice skating and I worked at an elementary school and I think dealing with all of the little tiny children <laughs> gave me a lot of, <laughs> yeah, with sharp blades attached to their feet. Um, I think that kind of really helped me to learn how to stay calm and just take it as it comes and move on. You know, it's not. Talk about a high strung. That's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah high be job. Stressful in a different way. <laughs> be unflappable like that. That's, that's amazing. So yeah. um, we're kind of coming to the end, but I did want to ask what, um, if you were to be able to tell the public one thing that you think might, that they don't know, or that would be helpful for you to do your job, what do you think that would be? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, told you she's throwing softballs. I'm gonna. I know. Okay. My gosh. Okay. Uh, I would say. I think as much as you can, take a deep breath and know that you're talking to somebody who is going to help you the best of my ability. Um, if you're if you get on the phone and and something just happened and you're very excited. You're screaming, you're yelling. It's hard for me to hear you because there's so much feedback that comes through when you're yelling into a phone. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. You're on the phone with somebody who's going to help you, whether it's me and it's in the city of Mountain View or I'm able to get you to whoever, what city you're in. Um, I can I can transfer you if you're in, a, in Santa Clara County. Um, we have all of those phone numbers programmed into the into our phones. Um, so if you're in Sunnyvale and, and you get to Mountain View, I will get you to Sunnyvale. Just know that, you know, we're, we're going to be helping you. Just try to take a deep breath and yeah, listen, listen and to the, the questions. questions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, everyone, not everybody, but some people when they call and, and something bad has happened, you know, it's. Yeah. understandably understandably so you're excited you're you're stressed you're um not in the right mindset to really be listening and answering these questions but those questions are meant to help you i'm i'm getting the help started and my officers need to know those questions or my fire department needs to know those questions um in order to respond in the most appropriate way to get you the help that you need as fast as you can as fast as we can all right I'm inspired and I'm calm and yeah. I feel safe and <laughs> I feel good. Like this is this has been like a therapy session. <laughs> it's fantastic. So okay, well thank you. Yeah, Courtney, for joining thank us. you. Thank you for and having if, me. And um, if if anybody has any questions that we didn't cover because there's a lot of stuff, um, yeah. please uh, hit us up on one of the social medias. Yeah, and have your question. You know, just hashtag your question with uh, hashtag Silicon Valley Beat, and we'll uh, get with Courtney, and she'll be able to help follow up and answer the questions uh, for you directly from her. So that yeah. would be awesome. And again, if um, if you have a topic suggestion for us as well, we're more than happy to listen to that too. Yes. And, uh, 
whatever you guys want to hear about, we can potentially talk about. Um, but if uh, if you do have an emergency, dial nine one one. If you have a non emergency call, you can call our non emergency number, which is six five zero nine zero three six three four four. And then what I always say is, if you're not sure and you're debating in your mind, should I call nine one one? Should I call the non emergency? Just dial nine one one, and then we'll we'll sort it out. Um, just know that it's not like a different phone that like a red <laughs> phone that rings only in the comm center. It's just the priority of call of how we pick it up. So, um, and please follow us, on, follow us, follow us on all the, uh, the social media channels and keep up to date with what we're doing. And, uh, We'll see you on the next Silicon Valley Beat. You good? We'll hear you on the next Silicon Valley Beat. Well, we I'll can. see you because I'm, I'm looking at you right now. <sighs> Fourth wall. <laughs> That's like 16 walls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Now, if you 911, what is the address of the emergency?